Good evening. Nice to be back with you. We'll begin our service this evening by singing in Sing Psalms, page 126, Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. No, 95, 1 through 8. And with particular reference to the word rock in verse 1. Psalm 95, 1 to 8. O come, let us joyfully sing to the Lord, to the rock of salvation, let us raise our voice. that we would hear your rebuke in that psalm. 
that we have quarreled with you and that we have tested your patience and yet you are lovingly merciful to us in the fact that we are here in the fact that we have your word in the fact that we have breath Lord have mercy on us deliver us from anything approaching a ritual which is designed to please ourselves or others grant that we would know what we are about and that we would know what you're about asking us to seek the Lord we pray that our prayer would be again that of the psalmist when thou didst say seek ye my face then unto thee reply thus did my heart above all things thy face Lord seek will I it's perfectly clear to us although we don't really want to think about it that we're not always going to be here we learn at the expense of our fellows we learn it from your word and we see the shadow of it as we look in the mirror every one of us is frail in the sense that we do not have in our body that which will protect us from the grave who is the man that liveth here and death shall never see or from the power of the grave who can his soul set free we ask that you would uh, teach us to know and understand and receive and welcome and rejoice in what you provide to those who look to you eternal life life that shall never end grant us foretastes of that as we worship you Lord we are in a, a warm room and perhaps we feel the need of an open window and we do but we need the open window open the windows of heaven and pour forth a blessing that we would taste and see something of the weight of your glory Lord show me thy glory was the prayer of Moses and when your servant Isaiah saw something of that his response was woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips and that's what we are we pray that we would know what it is to say as we were referring to to the children this morning wash me and then I'll be clean we commit to you the cares we have about 
You work in our hearts. You work in our family. You work in our community. You work in our government. Locally, nationally, and across the world. And as we think of the challenges to our culture and the way we in the church have accommodated so much, we pray that you would arise and have mercy upon your Zion, that you would send forth laborers into the harvest. We would have the prayer of Psalm 12 Help, Lord. Because the godly man doth daily fade away. We pray for those who have responsibility in health and in education. We pray that they would be for Christ unashamedly. And that they would be given wisdom in every sphere in which they operate. We're concerned, and you understand that, you know that. We're concerned about the teaching of children. Lord, grant that the child would be taught at home and taught in the church in a way that would enable them to live for you in a school or college or culture that is denying the very reality of Christ. Continue with us then as we seek to consider your word together. Fulfill your promise that they who seek shall find. And pardon us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Page 325, the Scottish Psalter. Psalm 78 to God's praise and I will hopefully be referring to this psalm a number of times later on this evening it's a long psalm it's a wonderful psalm it's a very searching psalm Psalm 78 from verse 12 to verse 20 I'll read the first two lines Things marvellous he brought to pass, their fathers then beheld.
perhaps you're like the children of Israel in that respect certainly I am and have been often can God do what I need can he give me bread in this wilderness let's read another complaint from Exodus chapter 17 and we'll read the first few verses all the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim but there was no water for the people to drink therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said give us water to drink and Moses said to them why do you quarrel with me why do you test the Lord but the people thirsted there for water and the people grumbled against Moses and said why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst so Moses cried to the Lord what shall I do with this people they are almost ready to stone me and the Lord said to Moses pass on before the people taking with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go behold I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it and the people will drink <coughs> and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying is the Lord among us or not and may the Lord add his blessing to that short reading from his word and we'll again sing in Psalm 71 and page 310 Psalm 71 verses 1 to 8 and you'll find here an additional reference in verse 3 be thou my dwelling rock Psalm 71 I'll read the first two lines O Lord my hope and confidence is placed in thee alone.
God's help we would like to look together at that story and some of the things that surround that story and uh, if we were looking for a text we might uh, use Psalm 78 verse 20 he struck the rock so that water gushed out he struck the rock so that waters gushed out so here we have the uh, children of Israel they've been 300 years or so uh, in slavery in Egypt and were desperate to get out of that and they thought they were making some progress they had had the experience of uh, all these uh, plagues the frogs the flies, the hail, the boils, the locusts, the darkness and the death of the firstborn. There were 600,000 of them along with their women and children. And they were on this march to what they considered to be freedom from the oppressor. And here they were, they came to the Red Sea. And just behind them, there was all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and armies. And they were afraid. They were very afraid. And they cried out to Moses and said, I wish you'd left us where we were. We would prefer to be buried in Egypt than this in front of us. And that army behind us. So here they are. They've got across the Red Sea. God has done this an amazing thing for them. About six weeks before, they'd seen it, they were delivered. The army of Egypt was drowned the sea had parted they got across and you know they were very pleased they sang about it here's the song in Exodus 15 sing for the Lord has done it the floods overthrew our enemies this was what they were saying six weeks ago now they're in a drought blazing heat dry hot sand no water who had done all this who was who was manning or godding this situation who had brought them to this place he who does what he pleases I wonder why hopefully we'll discover something of the reason for this as we proceed and isn't that just like ourselves how we've changed the shorter catechism answer to suit ourselves Our chief end is to wander from one pleasure to the next. Rather than our chief end 
is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever there's so much emptiness about this time a little later than this I think it was August last year we took uh, some of our grandchildren and some of them are here uh, to Oban and if you've ever been to Oban you've seen it it's this amazing building no roof no windows but it's an amazing building you go up there there's nothing in it you know what it's called McCaig's Folly and this week I read about Adam Peaty the gold medalist referred to as the dominant breaststroke swimmer of all time eight times world champion 15 times European champion and this is what he said having achieved all of that I took a break because I was on this endless search of a gold medal or a world record and I looked into the future and I said okay if I do get that my life is fixed if I get a gold medal another one if I get a world record another one everything is fixed and then he said no you don't get it that way that's how he's in depression that's how he's he's wondering will he enter another swimming competition emptiness one pleasure to the next so they had they were in the wilderness they had experienced so much they had seen it can you imagine if you'd come across that sea that was opened up in front of you you think you would never forget it here they are these few weeks later forgetting it and they're just like ourselves I said I would refer to Psalm 78 now you don't need to look it up just listen but if you want to you can Psalm 78 I'm going to refer to a few of the verses there Psalm 78 verse 17 rebelling against the most high in the desert now these are people that have seen so much and God has done so much for them rebelling again against the Most High verse 18 demanding food they craved they were people who were craving verse 58 They moved him to jealousy with their idols. 
We need another way of deliverance. We need another thing to satisfy us, to provide for us. And what did they do? They made a golden calf. Verse 11 and verse 32. They forgot his works and his wonders. Hands up if you haven't forgotten his work or his wonders. Now I'm not going to ask the alternative question. Because I know most of you would have to lift your hand. And you're not used to doing that in church. Lift your hand. If you have forgotten. Guilty as charged. Verse 41. They set limits on God's power. Verse 19. Can God provide a table for us in the wilderness? Verse 22, did not believe or trust his saving power. That is the theme of all of scripture. Trust me, he says. Every page of the Bible is saying to you, trust me. Trust me in everything. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. Lean not to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord forever. In everything give thanks. They were so like us. Grumblers. You know the stories. We need other gods. We need water. We need sweeter water. We need bread. We need meat. Does that ring a bell? I would like just to make specific reference to three of them. Number one, a place called Kibroth Hatava. They came to Moses and said, you know, the food's not very great. Food's not up to much. We preferred the garlic and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the cucumbers. Oh, for a little meat. Oh, we would love to get some meat. If you give us meat, we'll be happy. <clears throat> Did they get much meat? They got three foot of it. Two cubits of meat. Quails. It made them sick. So to the lust of their own heart I them delivered. They got meat okay. And in the middle of that what did Moses say? This people are craving meat. They're just craving meat. God, he said, kill me. Take me away from this. This is too much for me. That's one of their grumbling instances. 
Another one. That one's in numbers, numbers 11, for those of you who are taking notes. The next one's in Numbers, no, in Exodus 32, 31. Moses, he's gone away up the hill. He's not around. Where's he gone to? This will not do. Give us your rings. Take your gold watch off. Take your gold bracelets off. Put them in a pot. We'll melt them. And we'll make a golden calf. And we'll worship that. What did Moses do? Poor Moses. Again. And he does this all the time. He cried to the Lord. The third one. At the place called Mara, it's in Exodus 15, verse 25. They found water. It wasn't a very good though. It wasn't sweet. It was bitter. Mara, bitter, bitter water. They couldn't drink it. Moses cried to God, and God showed him a log. And he threw the log in the water, and it was sweet. They were complaining. Are you? They were thirsty. Here they are. At this place. This time. In Exodus 17. They were thirsty. Oh for a drink. In this heat. In this sand. No shelter. I think that's like ourselves. Hungry for success, for recognition, for honour, for progress, for possessions. I was thinking about it this afternoon as regards to myself. I remember longing for a scooter. I got one. And then it was a trike, a three-wheeler bike. And then it was a bike. Then it was a bike with gears. Then it was a mini. And so it goes on. Where are they now? Well, they went to the Longman. I don't know where they are now. They might not even have been recycled. It doesn't arise. It doesn't arrive. The satisfaction you're looking for. The pleasures of sin which are but for a season. There's a guy I knew. I remember meeting him the first time I met him. It was on, in a lift in Washington. He had been at the gym in this hotel. And he was in his shorts. And he was Jimmy Carter, the former U.S. President's Chief of Staff, Al MacDonald. And uh, we got chatting, and this man had become a Christian. And uh, how did that happen? 
Well, he said, I was uh, chief executive of the McKinsey Corporation, a large management consultancy, and I had been, as far as I remember, he was in charge of the people who made Hoover washing machines. He had a number of executive roles. He had succeeded, and now he had arrived in the White House. And he said, I went to the, the window of the Oval Office and looked out to the grass and said, now I've arrived, I can summon a helicopter for my own use. And I said to myself, is that it? Is that all that there is? He realized that this did not satisfy as Stephen Sharnock said, nothing less than Christ can satisfy. And once you find him, nothing more can be desired. Fading is the worldling's pleasure. All his boasted pomp and show. Solid joys and lasting treasure none but Zion's members know. Are you saying in your heart, Oh, that I knew where I might find him? My thirsty soul longs vehemently. Ye faints thy courts to see. Like as the heart for water brooks in thirst doth pant and bray, so pants my longing soul. But come to thee I may, since better is thy love than life. May you and I say with David in Psalm 103, Bless, O my soul, the Lord thy God, and not forgetful be of all his gracious benefits he hath bestowed on thee. May you and I address our souls, speak to our souls, mutter to our souls in these words. Don't be a grumbler and don't forget the mercies you have received. And you notice in these verses in Exodus, he changed the name of the place from Rephidim to Massa and Meribah which means testing and quarreling. Failure it means. You failed there. I wonder what the folk of North Keswick would say if we changed the name of North Keswick. To disaster and desolation. Then they would waken up, wouldn't they? 
because Keswick, as I trust you know, is called after one of Scotland's most famous saints, 40 years before Columba. And if you want to read more about that, don't ask me. But Keswick is called after a saint. And Keswick is not the most saintly place. Nor is Inverness, nor is Scotland, alas. So that's a little bit about the grumbling. Then secondly, a little bit about the provision. God said to Moses, remember the Nile? Remember the staff which turned into a serpent? Take that staff that turned the water of the Nile into blood. Take that same staff and it'll turn the rock into water. Same grace, same power, same patience, same long-suffering, same wonder-working God, and the people will drink. He could have said, as you might have said, and I dare say I would say, well, enough's enough. I've done enough for these rascals. I'm finished with a lot of you. I'll send another flood. No. Full of pity. God good and gracious is. I'll give them drink. Despite their grumbling. I'll give them drink. I am on the rock. The rock will be smitten. Friend, the creator takes the hit. Did you hear that? It's the creator that takes the hit. And this and that Calvary in our place condemned he stood the just for the unjust. He was made sin for us, wounded for us, bore our sin in his own body on the tree, became poor. Do you agree with me that the Creator took the hit? If I was there. If I was Moses, I think I know what I would do. Well, the people are thirsty. They're very thirsty. What will we do? I think, I think we'll dig a well or two or three. Let's get the fit young men to go and dig a well. That'll be a good idea. God says, no, Moses, that's not my plan. That's not the way. The rock has to be smitten. And if you were watching what was going on, you would have said, well, that's crazy. Don't bother doing that. What good is hitting a rock going to do, Moses? It doesn't make sense. How can water come out of a rock? What is your question, friend? How can the peace and satisfaction I am looking for come from a crucified Christ 
2,000 years ago. How can my conscience be cleansed through an event that happened 2,000 years ago? I bothered in my conscience. You're bothered with it. So what do you do? You have another drink, another hour at the telly, another meal, or buy another car or another kitchen. How can that provide me with what I'm looking for? How can hitting that rock with a stick provide water? How can Christ's death deal with my deepest need? Every sin must be dealt with. Your sin of this, of this evening in the church here has to be dealt with either on Calvary or in hell make no mistake about it Jesus is the rock remember at Calvary blood and water blood to redeem us water to wash us fountain opened for sin and for uncleanness the blood of Jesus Christ God's Son cleanseth us from all sins this is from Brown of Haddington here is the unchangeable God, the mediator, being smitten by Moses' rod, his fiery law, till he died. This is the person and the work that conveys a refreshing blessings to us in every stage of life and the death and into eternity here is the unchangeable God the mediator being smitten by Moses rod his fiery law until he died this is the person and work that conveys refreshing blessings to us in every stage of life and death and into eternity what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. All the blessings they got were because of the cross. The blessings of the manna from heaven, deliverance of the Red Sea, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that the children of Israel got was because of the cross. 1400 years later 
And 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4 speaks about that. They drank of that spiritual rock. And that followed them. And that rock was Christ. There came streams of waters great. Always with those who drink. The rock that followed them. Always with them. If you drink, it always follows you. They shall never perish you. Perish. I am with you always. I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. Two more points about the rock. And I'm reminded of one of them because of John Stott's funeral. Richard Buse was doing the internment and he had taken a picture of John Stott. John Stott had a holiday house down in South Wales. The Hookses it was called. And John did a lot of his writing there. And he did it under a rock. Richard Buse got a picture of John Stott sitting under that rock looking out to the sea. He was in the cleft of the rock. And Richard Buse used that lovely picture of John Stott at the internment. And that's, isn't it, reminding us of what God said to Moses when he asked, Show me thy glory. I will put you in a cleft of the rock. Are you in a cleft of the rock? And we're told in the Song of Solomon what the language, your language will be if you're in the cleft of the rock. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. We sang it. My strong rock be thou. My house of defence. You are my rock and my fortress and Isaiah 62 verse 10 tells you what to do enter into the rock one other point in connection with the rock in Psalm 118 verse 22 it speaks about the stone which the builders rejected take care about rejecting Friend, if you're not saying tonight this is true, you're in very, very dangerous ground. If you're not saying this is right and true and I need it, you are saying to God something. Something most solemn. You are saying to God, you're a liar. First John chapter 2 verse 22. The liar denies that Jesus is the Christ. And you're either a believer or not. You're either trusting in Jesus or not. 
You have been offered Christ today. Freely. Just for saying, yes, that's what I need. That's it. That's faith. I'd like to conclude by reading a poem. This is a poem that was read at the funeral service last Friday of Professor Donald MacLeod. And it's a poem based on a story from Loch Carran. And the story came from the provost of Dingwall, Colin Stewart, who told it to a man, James Campbell, in Inverness, who published it in a book on Lachlan Mackenzie. Lachlan Mackenzie went to this church in Aberdeen, St. Nicholas. It was the parish church in the centre of Aberdeen, just off the Union Street. It was filled to capacity, and the text he was preaching on was, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And here's it in poetic form, put together by Alec MacDonald, the former minister of the Clue Church in Edinburgh. The preacher came from the western wilds to the wealthy town by the sea. They looked askance at his homespun clothes. His hair was shaggy and long. They smiled as he climbed the pulpit steps, but his voice was clear and strong. Every eye was turned and a stillness fell. And this is what he said. A great clan chief had a daughter dear. It was time that she should wed. To a feast in the castle he did call all the finest in the land. O oh, daughter dear, today's the day to choose the best young man. O oh, father dear, I'll choose today, I'll choose the best young man. But early in the morning mist before the guests arrived, a beggar came and asked to see the daughter of the chief. She was much too busy, the servant said, to see the likes of him. They shut the door right in his face and told him to be gone. The beggar, he lifted up his crutch and laid it to the door. At this the dogs began to bark and they made such a roar that high above in her castled room the daughter asked the cause. It's only a beggar, her servant said, though he asked for her by name. The chief's daughter came down the stairs with her servants all around. What can I do for you, my man? She asked as her servants frowned. The beggar, he looked her in the eye and this is what he said. I've come to ask 
your hand in mine for you and I will wed the lady then held out her hand and the beggar he held it firm here is my hand the lady said for you and I will wed and when will you return for me I'll come in a year and a day and the servants laughed at the lady's wit as the beggar he went away but the smiles were soon all turned to frowns when the guests they did arrive to the fine young men who courted her she gave the same reply she said oh that can never be for my hand I give today to a fine young man who will be mine we'll be wed in a year and a day her father then was sore dismayed at what the lady said oh daughter that can never be that a beggar you should wed but father dear I give my word and to him I shall be wed and this she said for a year and a day no matter what was said the year passed round a year and a day and winter turned to spring the lady she dressed herself so fine but for her no bells did ring then over the hill came the sound of pipes and many a voice did sing and in front of them on a great white horse they rode, they rode the son of the king the preacher paused in the deathly hush that had fallen on all around he looked at them and then did say in a voice that would raise the dead Christ Jesus stands at your door tonight as a beggar he stands there do you recognize the king of kings will you open and let him in so I have a duty and a privilege to ask you that question Christ Jesus stands at your door tonight do you recognize the king of kings will you open and let him in a beggar at your door a beggar in the pulpit I pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God let us pray Lord you know what we have thought 
You know what we're saying. You know us inside out and through and through. And we confess that we are unworthy that you should come to our door and say, Come unto us, come unto me, and rest. That we would respond and say, Yes, Lord, we come. I don't know much, I don't know much at all. But one thing I do know that whereas I was blind, now I see. We confess that we are like the people we were reading of who complained and we are amazed at your amazing grace that says there is a fountain opened for sin and for uncleanness. Bless your word in our hearts and in our lives and pardon us for Jesus' sake. Amen. And if anybody would like a copy of the poem, just let myself or Karen know I have a digital copy. I can let you have that. We'll conclude by singing the Scottish Church National Anthem. Psalm 72, the last few verses from verse 16. The most ridiculous place to go sowing barley or wheat or anything else. Of corn and handful on the earth on tops of mountains high. What a stupid place to go and plant. And what's the promise? With prosperous fruit shall shake like trees on Lebanon that be. Verse 17, his name forever shall endure. Verse 19, blessed be his glorious name to all eternity. The whole earth let his glory fill. Amen. So let us be. Let us stand to sing in conclusion.
Lord, may we all live to that end. And with that burning passion and desire in our heart. And blessed be his glorious name. The whole earth let his glory fill. And that each of us would say yes and thank you to Jesus. Pardon.